never can tell yourself no. Don't tell yourself no. Yeah. You know, it, what's the worst thing they can say is no. But if you tell yourself no, you're already cutting yourself off. They, they possibly could say yes. You know? And that's why I took myself and went to Rolls Royce right after that. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I was like, okay, well, BMW said yes. Let me go see what uh, Rolls Royce and Bentley will say. And what do they say? The same thing. <laughs> Julio Ramos, man, I really appreciate you coming on the on this Laconic podcast. Um, you know, I wanted to get to know about you and, and your industry and your business. And I know you had to drive down from Thousand Oaks. It's cold today. I mean, I'm freezing. We're down here in the studio. It's cold. I can't turn the AC on. I mean, the, the heater on because it makes a lot of noise. So yeah. uh, sorry if you're freezing in the dungeon <laughs> today. <laughs> Not freezing. So how was how was your drive down here, man? Well, first, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, yeah it was easy. It was easy. You know, I live in Westwood, so it's not that far of a drive. Did you go through Topanga? No, I was, but sometimes, you know, you can't predict how the canyons are. So yeah, no, well not this, not this weather, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have yeah. rocks coming at yeah, you. Yeah, I don't want to take a chance. So <laughs> just some rocks. Just took the, what, uh, four or five to the ten. Perfect. PCH. Was it easy? Yeah, it was easy. No traffic? No traffic. What? Well, it's always against traffic. Yeah. yeah. Well. And you, you, grew, you grew up in L.A., right? Yeah. In East L.A., I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah L.A. So and East L.A. Yeah, so I actually want to talk to you about that. So, like, I know L.A. is, like, rich in culture, mm-hmm. but I also know it's, like, really violent. Like, have a lot of violence. Uh, at least that's what, like, the media portrays. And well, at least 90s. from like, Yeah, but, I mean, I, I've growing up as a kid, you know, I grew up in Northern California, and I used to watch a lot of movies, and everything about, like, the gangs was always about East L.A. and, and that. So, like, I was at growing up as a child, like, down there. It was It was tough, but... There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of good times too, but you know, walking to school, hearing gunshots, or walking to school getting shot at by accident because you're crossing neighborhoods. You by, know, by it, accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey man, I'm just going to school. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> or I'm walking back from school or whatever, but. But so how how was like how how we were not influenced by like the gangs and stuff? Cause I know a lot of people are usually influenced by that and fall into that trap and choose the gang lifestyle i just had really cool friends and i had friends that were in gangs and friends that weren't in gangs and um for the most part a lot of them would just give me good advice not to join them you know but it's hard not to make friends from uh, with people that were in gangs i had really good friends that were in gangs and um you know it's just um you know parents too right yeah it's that you had both i'm assuming you had both parents at Mm -hmm. home that's usually the structure, right? It's usually if, if both of the parents are home and they're involved, it's like you don't really fall into the trap of that. Like I, I grew up with a single mother, so mm-hmm. it was more easy to like fall in the traps and looking for a father figure and you go to the streets. Yeah. Find that. You know, it makes you feel like family, right? Good yeah. friends. And I had a bunch of good friends. I had them in every – some people were in uh, party crews. Some of them were in gangs. Um, either which way, we're all getting shot at. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's – it is what it is, but like, what what got you into like keeping your head focused? And and I actually saw that you you did paint job in high school, mm-hmm. and is that what inspired that, or were you always into cars? And as a child, I was always into cars. I just didn't. Uh, by the time I got to high school, I took a body shop class, and I dropped out of that to go into an art class. Oh, because I I told the teacher, hey, I'm not gonna do this when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> 
exactly what I like. Uh, I switch. I transfer from electives, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's I, I did workshop. I did yeah, workshop. no which wood workshop. Workshop. So I, yeah, I did, I did workshop for a while yeah. too. Oh, that's funny. And so you did art then? Yeah, I, did, I took art. Oh wow! Well, so you, so yeah. you did art, and you're in the body shop, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like for people, you know, like new listeners, Cooley yeah. Ramos actually does paint job. And he actually does art, so yeah, you're doing both of them. It's so. funny. I dropped out of body shop class, and <laughs> which would would help me now, right? But yeah. um, and look at me now. I'm restoring cars, vintage European cars. Wow, it's a full circle, right? Sometimes yeah. you just gotta. That, that's what they always say: don't ever say you never will, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And then there you are doing the same that that industry, that business. Yeah, I, just, I still remember. I was like, I'm not gonna do this when I grow up. And switch me to an art class. Yeah. No. It's life, though. That's what it's all about. But Julio uh, Ramos, you actually did our Tesla. Yeah. So you did it green. So let's break down the Tesla. And I will show the video of like the, the Tesla when he finished product. So mm-hmm. I just wanted him to describe what it took to do the Tesla because Tesla might be a little more difficult. So how was that like doing the Tesla? Um, it, was, it was a little difficult. We had to tear it down, which is that's taking it apart. Which is, um, we started by doing a panel by panel, prepping the panel. Once we knew the color, then we just started... Um, doing uh, the primer work, prepping the primer, uh, which you have to sand it mm-hmm. to get it to, uh, to get you to a point where you can spray uh, the color that you picked. Yeah. Then, you know, that took several days. Then the next step was the paint job. That took a few days of once I, I laid the paint down, we let it cure, and then the f- next day we uh, did the, p- uh, the clear coat. Yeah, no, it's, it came out beautiful man i mean it's it's awesome we Thank love you. it what did you do with the extra pinks i know you you're known to uh also do paint and uh, you keep your paint right and mm-hmm. you make art with that so did you use it yeah i made a, a two by two painting for carl oh look at yeah, that yeah. yeah and you you did say you didn't I, I have we haven't seen it yet though but mm-hmm. you you've you've done it so um what is that process like like the, what's your like what inspired you to be doing that like the saving the paint and painting with that and you say you can't re redo that so like what does that what does that mean technically well with this one what i did was the uh how do we call it deconstruction of the paint so i so the, the tesla paint or the paint the custom paint that we picked for you was completely um had like seven toners so mm-hmm. it had like different versions of red green uh, silver metallics and what i did is i just um, did a recreation of how it looks, how the paint looks in the paint cup before I mix it. Mm-hmm. That's so that's what I did for Carl, like a version of me looking down into the cup right before I mix it wow. when it becomes that green. It's a, it's so a process, <laughs> man. <laughs> it, it is. People think green is green or white is white or right, black. Yeah, absolutely. And there's yellow and black, red and black. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, right? But you can you have to make these like certain colors, and you are not gonna be there's not gonna be another Tesla with the same color, right? Nope, <laughs> nope. That's a, that's a one of a kind. Yeah, and and, and you know what's funny, and I'm man. I'm not painting another one either, so. right? Because it's that difficult. No, just because that's it. It's just one. I love that. Yeah, you got you got that exclusiveness, that's right? It, yeah, that's that's what life's about about being exclusive. Y- but even if someone's like, oh, please do the car like his. It could be your friend. I'll be like, eh, too bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that exclusive rights green tesla um you know it's funny when people look at the tesla man they're always like uh, oh that's a nice wrap it's like can you tell the difference from a wrap and actually a, a paint job like actually like literally like legitimate can you well some of them are some wraps are getting they're getting up there they're starting to look like actual paint wow there's some up there that, are, that 
have that gloss effect or chameleon look where they change colors or even yeah. a chrome look. Wow. And what's the difference? I mean, I, I know for me, I know the difference, but like someone, you know, listening to this, like what's the difference from a wrap and actual custom paint? Well, wrap is like a vinyl film that you put over the uh, the doors and some some cars you're able to do the, let's see, the, the jams or the moldings, but on some of them you'll see seams. Just like, think about it like wallpaper on mm. a wall. That's a good analogy. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that, that's what I look at it. it. I'm like, think about it just like, because you can resell that, right? And just take that thing off. Yeah, and if you get bored of that color, you just, just take, take it, it off and get a new one, right? Get a new one, yeah. Or yeah. panel scratches, replace that panel. Yeah, and, and so so we got the Tesla. Um, but I, I want to go back to to your business. Um, when did you start, like, actually doing the custom painting? And when did that happen? Was it right after high school or it took some time? Were you working in a shop? No, I was. 2001 is when I started. Okay. When I, I started my business. I was uh, 25 years old. Wow. <laughs> 25. <laughs> and you're still doing the same thing. I'm still doing it. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I mean, that's huge, man. 25-year-old, have your own business. You're your own boss. Um, I mean, what what's the tips and what's the tricks out there for, for people that want to start their own paint job or whatever, any business? Any business. Yeah, any business. Well, you know, if, if you actually... How can I put it? If you if the best thing is to find what you love in life and go do it to achieve the high the highest level that you can in that field, mm-hmm. you know it's passion, it's passion. Because I have a, I had had ups and downs, you know. Yeah, it's very difficult to start a business and um, in L.A. or anywhere, right? But um, you know, you just gotta stick with it, and if you love it, that'll make you keep going. Yeah, and. In LA, I mean, this is like a place where people want to be entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. want to do things. What did you see someone growing up that you're like, uh, you know, they have their own business? I want to do the same thing. Or what? What? What made you think that mindset, like to actually just start your own business? I didn't. I don't know what I wanted to do when I was growing up. Yeah, you know, it oh. just it's strange. I started liking cars more and more, and then I my first job I took a detailing auto detail job, and then. A friend of mine hired me to do paintless dent removal. Where that's where you move a dent without painting the, the car, Dordings. And that opened the door, my mind, into, like, wow. You know, I used to have friends that would custom paint their own cars, like, in their garage and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I always wanted to do that. And, yeah. you know, I had painless dent removal. I saved some money, and I opened up a shop. And since I worked at a, a BMW dealership at the time, I just... 25-year-old in there, went in there, talked to the GM, and I'm like, hey, I have a small little shop. I can do your cards, and they they, they gave me a, a, you know, they gave me a try, and they l- liked my work, and they kept giving me more more and more work, and then yeah. they um, we referred the customers to me as well. And wow. It went from there. I was, I mean, that, that's courage right there, right, to go. <laughs> little 25 <laughs> punk, like who's, yeah, <laughs> like, right? like, who's this punk yeah, coming to BMW, a little small shop, like, you know, take a shot with me. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. That's what that's what separates you from a lot of people is taking that risk. You know, other people yeah. like, nah, but I'm just like starting off. Like, no one's going to like trust my work. Like, you know, for like even for me, like this podcast, like I try to get people that are like some people like you should go interview like this person. They're big is like you start thinking about it like no i don't i don't i'm not that big yet like yeah. i can't do well, it you know you never can tell yourself no don't tell yourself no yeah you know it, what's the worst thing they can say is no but if you tell yourself no you're 
already cutting yourself off, they, they possibly could say yes. You know? And that's why I took myself and went to Rolls Royce right after that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, BMW said yes. Let me go see what uh, Rolls Royce and Bentley will say. And what do they say? The, the same thing. I said, look, I can fix that. Let me fix that bumper for you guys. I have a shop here. It's in Pico Robertson at the time. Yeah, no, right, right, yeah, right yeah. by by the uh, O'Gara dealership, right? And wow. They're like, all right. <laughs> Here I am, 25-year-old kid pulling up in, <laughs> in a Bentley in my newly shop, and we I color matched the bumper. I, I guess I've always was good at colors. Yeah. You know, color matching, because not anybody can match a color right. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, you're you're uh, amazing at it. I mean, I see all the cars in your shop, I, I like, to this day, and um. So you're doing that at 25. Um, how, how was like the hiring process of people? Like, did you were you selective? I mean, you're 25 years old. You you know you you you're still just figuring it out. You just got yeah. BMW, Rolls Royce, Bentley on your shop, yeah. and like you're fixing these cars. Obviously, you need like manpower to be able to perform that. How do you lead a team? Um, I got lucky in that because a friend was uh, retiring from a body shop business just by coincidence, and we were talking. And he's like, "Why don't you hire my painter?" You already know how to do small dents. Start. We started with very small, like bumpers only, mm. and then maybe a scratch on a fender, and then mm. got into bigger. I never, uh, you know, I didn't want to do collision work, like where a car, where that just takes too much time. Yeah, I'm about like uh, cosmetics, and okay. subtle, subtle work. So it just started with one employee, and then it went to no, let's hire a body man, someone who can actually take the whole car apart. Mm-hmm. So then I went with that, and then I said, well, we need someone. I got tired of washing cars, so I said, we need someone to wash a car and, <laughs> and uh, you know, detail the cars and buff the cars after we painted it. So I've yeah. always had a crew of four, but at the most, I think I had seven employees. Wow. Or something. And um, what was, like, one of the, like, struggles for you when you first started as a business, like, when you were by yourself and stuff? I mean, when you're 25-year-old and progressing, like, what was one of your struggles? Um. I'm trying to remember. I had many struggles. You know, um, the main one I remember was uh, the recession. was mm. a, was a hard time for me. Um, not a lot of people coming by, and yeah, not a lot of people coming by. And then um, I just happened to walk into Lotus as well. And um, I, by that time, I was doing a little bit better, and I wanted to uh, repair. I wanted to be like a Lotus certified shop, so mm. I ended up buying one at that time. And that opened up the doors because the GM there asked me, so what do you do for a living? I said, oh, I have a body shop down the street. And they're like, oh, you think you could fix this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a try. You know, let me yeah. see if I can fix it. I'll take it to the to the shop and talk to my guys. We fixed it and uh, took it back. And they're like, how would you like to be our official uh, body shop? Wow. I was a little older then. But yeah. um, and that opened up other doors as well. Well, just certified with Lotus. Just opportunities coming out like to you and stuff, and I, I do want to talk about the the Lotus thing because uh, Julio Ramos is like a you you race car, right? You like do the I did that for a little bit. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's fun though. I mean, how, how was that? how was doing that? I mean, that's I know that's like a side hobby, but yeah. you know, people gotta understand who you are too. And um, uh, like how what is that about? Like when you talking about like, Lotus, were you actually racing cars or like through like the like Laguna Seca or? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I would do that and a bunch of tracks here in California as well. I didn't do the actual wheel-to-wheel racing with mm-hmm. the roll cage because I still wanted to drive my car on the street. Yeah. Once you roll cage, it almost 
it's not street legal. Mm. But it was amazing. The, the all the guys that uh, we participated in the uh, Lotus Cup were really friendly and helpful, and a lot of them gave me uh, track advice on how to drive on the track fast and safe. And <laughs> I kept getting faster and faster, and well, man. just the adrenaline. It's just it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you get out of your car and you're like, wow, you're just <laughs> <the> adrenaline <laughs> jump. Is now, that now you know you really love cars. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always loved cars, right? I've always, like, grown up. But I grew up with, like, um, you know, I grew up in Northern California. It's more like Impalas and mm-hmm. Lowriders. And obviously East L.A. has that culture, too, Oh, yeah, there. for sure. And uh, that, that's what always got me into the, the paint job of it. Yeah. Was it Lowriders? Yeah, Lowriders. Because friends would have, a, you know, candy-colored trucks. Remember the trucks? Uh, yeah. With the, with what do they call those, the airbags? Uh, hydraulics? Hydraulics. Yeah, hydraulics, yeah, yeah. So they had some of those that were, like, um candy colored mm-hmm. and they would get a scratch and you know they actually told me the history of lowriders it started with like someone would have a, a candy colored car and um maybe it'll get a scratch somewhere mm-hmm. and with candy you know you got you have to paint the whole car you can't the wh- or the whole side because you can't just color match it anymore it's very translucent paint oh it almost looks like a uh, uh I'm what i forget the name of those apples <laughs> i just called it right now um, but it's very translucent and it's, 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 it's a very difficult color. You can't match it. Mm. Um, and if it would get scratched, someone would come and put a pinstripe on it. So <laughs> I started with the pinstripe covering oh, the scratch. Was that where that came from? Yeah. And then little designs. I mean, I'm sure oh. there's little different stories, but a friend of mine told me like, that's how those st- stripes and stuff mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Wow. And then they would make them wider and they're like, wait, wait a minute. And then someone was just doing their it art on it. It looks cool and yeah. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll put the astics and the, mm-hmm. the woman and the, the guy crying. The guy the crying with the woman. <laughs> 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 it's the typical culture. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, so. LA has culture, man. And, I, and I, like, you know, I know you probably know the Pino, like from like Blood and Blood Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have the, uh, 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 what's that taco place? Uh, Five Puntos? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Place? I used to drive by there. Yeah. <laughs> It's so. funny, man, being in that rich culture and stuff. Would you say like L.A. maybe influenced your like your whole car stuff? Because oh, I mean, sure. it's it's in your face here, man. Yeah. Like the car East culture. LA and West West L.A. I would live out here too. I spend my summers here. My dad worked at Pepperdine, so I would spend my oh. summers there. And oh, you're yeah. you you saw I cars, yeah. <laughs> you saw cars, and cars. Yeah, because like uh, for me, like I I know um you know being up there and and. And Salinas, well, Northern California, you know, like you lowriders, but then you go. T- I live in, I live in Monterey, and then you see like the Pebble Beach Concords. You have all the fancy cars, all the Ferraris, and then mm-hmm. I got into that, and I'm like, well, these cars are cool. You and know, that's they're unique. Cool. Yeah. yeah, like growing up there and that. And I know you still haven't gotten to Pebble Beach. No, Concours. yeah, no, that's the craziest stuff. I, I've been to uh, been to um, Goodwood, the Festival of Speed in uh, in England, which is pretty cool. It's like the oh. equivalent. Equivalent of uh, Pebble Beach here and stuff. All like the Aston Martins and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Lotus, it was the when was it 2012? Was Lotus at the Marquee? They were the Marquee brand. Wow, so it's pretty cool. So got invited there, went there. Yeah, it was cool. But I still haven't done Pebble Beach. I I want to restore a car. That's my goal is to keep restoring cars. Uh, eventually restore one that we take up there. Then that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Um, you move, man. You moved. You moved from the west side. Yeah. Right, Westside, where your three shop was ago. at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. three years ago, Westside shop. Talk about taking a risk, and now you're around Thousand Oaks during COVID too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're booming. Uh, so, so this is so this is where this is where it gets fun. You know, this is this is where I I want to come out and and 
pick your brain as an entrepreneur or, you know, just as a person that, that took a risk. You took yeah. a risk going in the BMW. Why Thighs on Elks? Why that area? Well, because I just got tired of LA. Uh, and the, the shop layout at my shop wasn't, wasn't right. Mm. You know, just um, it was a sm- small base and it was a 10,000 square foot lot. Oh, yeah, that's big, right? But yeah. the work area was only like 2,000 square feet. Oh. So it was hard to work. And if it rained, I couldn't paint a car because I couldn't drive it out. Or oh. if I, it was freshly painted, I couldn't drive it out to work on it. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of issues with that shop. But, you know, I stayed there 16 years. Oof, about 16 years. And that was my second shop. Uh, the Newberry Park one is my third, third shop. Wow. And what what made so so you moved out? You wanted more space. Wanted more space, and I wanted it to be easier on me. You know, uh, financially, the r- the rent over there is a lot easier. It's cheaper. Yeah, and of I, course. Yeah, and I want to do stuff for me now. Like, I couldn't take too long. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, Newberry Park gave me the chance to restore more cars. Yeah. And get into that field that I love more than collision cars. You know, um. fixing cars. Oh, I hit, I hit the pole. Okay, okay whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fix it for you. Right. But, you know, what I love to do is uh, restoring uh, vintage cars. Well, that's what got you right. That's what that's what, that's what what got you going. Mm-hmm. That's what, what you find joy in. And um, so what's um, what's been the struggle? What's been the struggle out there? I mean, we, we I know we've talked and stuff, but what's yeah. been the, the struggle for you that you're like, man, I need more people to, you know, listen to me and – you know, I'm trying to promote myself and whatnot. Well, yeah, I, I just never been good at marketing myself. You know, yeah, my original shop at uh, Pico, I was there for seven years, never had a street sign. Wow. <laughs> so just word of mouth. Word then, of right? mouth. And yeah. I've been, I just printed a sign for Newberry Park. Been there three years now. <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I, I just get so much support from uh, from L.A. that people drive their cars from, from L.A. for me to fix them. I, I'd scratch my car, I'd hit a pole. Can you fi- you want to fix it for me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get a lot of support. You know, have people like you support us. Yeah, n- that which that's always great. You know, you always got to understand too. Like you, it's always good to have quality and quantity, right? Yeah, but With the s- anything. Yeah, the struggles is you know every time you move, it's like a, it's like a like a ladder. Every time you move, you got to like restart all. It feels like you're restarting all over again, and then you move to the next location. It's always like starting from you again, so that was that was my struggle, and then, uh, you know, not having a sign on the street makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, so, you got you got to have a sign. Yeah, especially yeah, if you're a thousand O's, you have to and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I refuse, but I I I broke down. I finally did it. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, <laughs> but. Why don't you do the same thing though, and go up two thousand Oaks and go to BMW and Bentley and and do a, you? Hey, I have a shop down the street. I mean, use your same skills that you've done in the past, or you don't think it'll work? No, it'll it'll work. I, I still have the connections from Bentley and Rolls Royce and all the people like. Um, but now I'm doing what I love to do, like the the automotive restoration. So instead of going to dealerships, now I'm going to uh, mm. private collection people who have. They're doing the same thing as me, but don't have a paint shop. So I'm meeting people or um, owners of other shops that restore cars, but don't have. Oh, okay. they don't do paint. Y- so, so you become like that, like the handyman in a way. Like I, you cover, you cover them. Like I'll yeah, be your, I'll be your paint job for mm-hmm. your cars and stuff. Yeah, which is what I want to do. They they bring the car all apart. Yeah, less overhead for me. I I 
just have to do the body and paint. They give it back to them. They put it back together. And are, and, and are those the cars that you're doing, are they more like the, the classic cars and like the old school cars? Or are you doing that for any car? Um, no, it's mainly um, the shops that I'm trying to partner, partner up with are um, cars that are doing vintage European cars like me. I'm convinced my friend, his name is Carl, to move from where we were at, Pico Robertson, all the way to Newberry Park, too. Bigger. She has a bigger shop, more space. Appreciate you, man, for yeah. coming down here. Yeah, there's so much. Dallas. Oh, thank you, man. There's so much culture in L.A., man. There's there is. so much culture and a lot of influence from th- all different parts of L.A. No, I, I love living here, man. It's mm-hmm. like I, I will not change it for anything. It's that's a cool place. It I definitely mean, is. You got you got the homeless issues. That's something. I mean, uh, honestly, this might be out of topic, but like growing up, that's was okay. that was that a was that a thing? Was that no, man. I, I, I like seriously, I, I'm actually curious no. to ask Angelino. You know, yeah. Grow, growing up, I met a, a guy from Africa who told me once, uh, but this is back then. It's different now, right? I'm talking about maybe 10, 15 years ago. I met this guy, and he says, um, you know, in in America, you choose to be homeless mm. because in other countries, like you go to Mexico, I, I was at New, um, Mexico City and I didn't see any homeless people. Even even at the most poorest level, they have shelters, places to live, not on the streets. Here in America, they're in the streets. But what he meant is 10, 20 years ago, there's a, a lot of like runaway kids who just want to be homeless or people who didn't want to be homeless. The situation's different now. You know, you don't choose to be homeless. It's the economy, everything's changing. That's forces a lot of people to become homeless. Mm-hmm. So it's different now. But back then, you could be a beach bun if you, if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, you, you lived in Venice for a bit, right? Yeah. So it's like, like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you have the, the beach buns. Yeah, no, man. It's, it's, it's big b- difference. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories from, like, people in the past that are, like. And it's just not, it's not local homeless. It's, like, transplant homeless. They yeah. come from other places, but you know, Southern California. We're it's, it's a good place to be homeless because of, of the weather, I guess, too, right? No, no, you know it's the weather. Besides <laughs> yeah, today, man, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, right now, they're like, oh, I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Windy City. I'm thinking I'm in Chicago. No, yeah. I actually was talking to someone um about that, dude. I was talking to someone uh, uh, uh randomly. I I walked. Uh, I tell this story to everyone, right? I was like, hey. I was walking at the beach one day and I was just, I was curious because I was honestly, I was, I was tired of it. Cause I, I, I worked at a ghost gym and mm-hmm. the whole area was full of bums like everywhere. And, and I felt unsafe, you know, I'm like, God, I'm going to go to the gym. And I'm like staggering over, like, like jump, you know, like walking over homeless people. Like you don't even know they're dead. And yeah. you're just like, you're just walking like, I hope they're alive. So I'm like, I've had it, dude. So I go to, I go to famous Venice beach boardwalk. Right. Yeah. And they're everywhere. They I'm attack like, you too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So, I, so I go and I talk to the guy, and I'm like, "Hey, man, um, why are you here? Like, where you come? Like, what's like, what's your like? Why are you here?" He's like, "I don't know, man." He's like, "I just got shipped off, man, from Chicago." It's like one of the police officers gets said, "Do I want to come to California to take care of me and and blah 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 and give me food and uh, it's better than here than yeah. the windy city, right? It's better than being in this cold." Here's a Greyhound ticket. Yeah. The one-way ticket to L.A. They do that from everywhere. Santa Barbara. Bro. They do that from everywhere. I'll they dump them here. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. Transplants, right? And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, seriously? And and apparently now, I mean, I don't want to be quoted for this, but apparently now they're actually shipping them off to Tarzana and um, Palmdale and Lancaster well, from here. Yeah. They they're, wanted, they they're, want, they're trying to build a shelter in uh, Newberry Park. 
What? Yeah, where they just dump them over there. I'm like, that's that's in your location. Yeah, everybody there is like, uh, you know, the homeless problem is everybody wants to do something about it, but not in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so they're looking at Newberry Park, and the people in Newberry Park are like, oh, we want to fix the homeless too, but not in my backyard. Because I listen to all the local people there that have been there for generations. Yeah. So that's, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, situation we're all in. Yeah, no, it is, man. And I, I like I like to ask people that actually, you know, live and grew up here. You know, it's it's different when you're an outsider and you're looking in. Yeah. And when you're actually, you're f- you're from L.A. And I know people that lived here for a very long time. And, you know, it's tough times. Like, you know, Santa Monica is not what it used to be. And yeah. it's a lot of places is dangerous. You know, Beverly Hills is dangerous and all these other places. And um, it's just to be able to keep your mindset on your on your craft, on your work and you know, do what you love, and when you have all these problems around you. Yeah, and you see other people homeless and stuff like that, and it's, it's sad, you know. And, you know, I, there's two guys that I know that were homeless, and they just don't want to work. <laughs> so you got that homeless, too, right? <laughs> it's like, what? They, they're like, oh, they, they send me money every month. I don't want to work. Who sends you money every the, month? The, the government, or they <laughs> sign up to this program, you know, like <laughs> mental illness program. Oh, know. my God. Yeah, which is messed up with that mental health is uh, – it's a real thing, man. It it's is, but they should be, you know, some people should be in the mental health institution, right? But there's not there's not such no, thing. No, they right? got all shut down. Yeah, in they the got 80s. shut down by the, yeah, by Reagan. Yeah, I mean, the Reagan so, yeah, so we we know that happened. Yeah. So it's just some of the people need to be on that, you know, and it's just that's when you start you when th- that's a th- the problem with with the what's going on is it's too easy. It's like a handout, right? Yeah. It's like I don't want to work. You know? Yeah, they don't want to work. I'm like, I'm damn. Good. You know? But I don't know. It's, it's it's a trip, and a lot of people they love being in the tents. And I guess to some point there's some type of freedom, but I don't I don't get it. Like yeah, you know, they're disconnected from society. Julian right? Ramos is awesome, man. He's a you know guy with with a story, but also with a passion. He loves what he does. He he you know restores cars. And if you guys want to contact him, feel free reach out. I will drop all his uh, his information on the description. And I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast last week. Uh, not last week, but the one with Danny Amesqua. That was really awesome. Appreciate the feedback. If anyone has feedback, um, let me know. Um, and thank you again for listening. And until the next time, thank you. Yeah.